that as we study our final portion of the Sermon on the Mount, 16 weeks in, what a journey it's been in getting closer to what it is to follow Christ and understand the love of the Father. That's my prayer is that as we study the word this morning, that a worship would well up in us that we cannot contain. We're going to end at some point today in Psalm 19 that says that, that your, your, your ways, your commandments, your precepts, your idea of the way of life is sweeter than honey. God gave us honey to taste so that we know what sweetness is. Sweeter than that is living the word of God. It's opening it up, it's understanding it, and saying, I'm going to apply this to my walk. So I'm excited for this morning. What I love about the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus is so meticulous in how he preaches this message. Every word cut out for a very specific purpose, every word cutting into the hearts, cutting into the culture of that day and age where, where it was all about religion and putting up a pretty face and saying, yeah, well, I'm of God and I do my things and I show the world what it looks like. And towards the second half of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus introduces this concept that was so new to the people and that we get to celebrate today. And we've been taught that over the years in our walk with him. But the concept of a father in heaven, not just a Lord, not just Jehovah that we can't say his name, but a father that's close. I love how the Lord led us in our music this morning. We sang about the greatness of who he is. And then it ends up with, Yet, we can come close, and we can come close to the Father's heart. A few things that Jesus has said about the Father is this. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. He's introducing this concept throughout. He says, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven. He speaks about your Father that forgives you. A Father who sees in secret will reward you in the open. Your father knows that you need the things that you need, so don't pursue it, the things of this world. How much more will your father give good things to you? This has been the, the thread of the message, the Sermon on the Mount for the past few weeks, and this morning we're going to ask the question, how do we do the will of the father? Because this is where Jesus kind of climaxes his message. He says, it is important that you know that there'll be a day when I return with my glory and with the angels and that holiness moment. Yet I'm gonna teach you how you do the will of the Father so that he can say, come my sons, come my daughters, come close to me. Second Corinthians cites Leviticus and it reads like this, and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Isn't that profound? The Lord Almighty is saying, you can be a son and a daughter to me. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you can be royalty. And I'm saying that words, so think about that. Imagine you were sitting in a room filled with royalty this morning. I sadly subjected myself to watching the royal wedding with my wife and daughter because they excitingly were watching and I had nothing better to do. So I joined in the fun but that room filled with celebrity and royalty and, and a kind of expectation that it creates around the world. We're in a room here this morning where we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, if we choose to, which makes us royalty. I love you, Lord. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. 
He's Lord, He's Master, He's King, He rules and reigns, and He's Father. And if we understand how these concepts are run together, goodness, we're going to have a lifestyle that is unmatched to anything else in the world. And when people say, I want to walk close to that guy or that woman, because they live like royalty. That's what God has called us to, and this is where Jesus kind of ends His message. There's a will that the King in heaven, which by the way you can call Father, has for you. Because he sees you as a son and a daughter. It's important to understand that I chose that word, you can be royalty. Because in the end, we have a decision to make. And you're going to see this morning the decisions that Jesus placed in front of us. Let's read together the last portion of the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to start Matthew 7 verse 13. It'll be up on the screen and I'm reading from the ESV translation. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Lord Jesus, as we study your words this morning, we pray that you will anoint it by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, for open hearts and that you would speak, that it won't be me and my voice heard, but the voice of God as you use me to bring your truth to, to your people this morning. We open our hearts, Lord Jesus, and it's our prayer to be people who find the will of the Father. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say, Amen. I want to talk to you about kingdom character this morning. The final theme for our journey on, on, on the rock is that there's a character that God wants to place in us. If you think about the concept of sons and daughters, you can try as much as you want to. There's going to be some character of your parents coming through you. You see, when we become sons and daughters, and when we are sons and daughters, there's a character that settles in us that we live by. And it's very clear here that Jesus says that those ones 
who do the will of the Father, who understand the heart of the Father and live according to it, are the ones that He's going to say, come, on that day, come, and come near me. How do we find such character? Well, Jesus is very practical. He says there's two ways, there are two trees, and there's two foundations. There's options here. And it's interesting how from the very start, how God has given man this thing called free will. He puts Adam and Eve in the garden. He says, you've got a choice here. You can live in the fullness and all the life that I have for you, or you can choose death and eat of that tree. And since the beginning, this has been the journey and the fight for man. What will I choose? God told his, his, his Israelites, his, his nation, I put today before you life and death. So choose life. And Jesus comes and he says, you know what, in all of this, and everything I just taught you, in this whole journey, there's a father that's ready for you to understand and embrace and live with. But there's some options again. There's two roads that you can take. The one leads to destruction. The one leads to life. There's two foundations that you can build on. The one on a day like this will fall away, and the other one will stand. And then there's two kinds of fruit, a good tree and a bad tree. So this morning, I want us to say, God, what does it look like to have kingdom character? Teach us in these last words how we can find that. Jesus is moving from being Jesus the preacher to Jesus the prophet. And he prophesies into the future when he says, on that day, there's going to come a day in the future. And on that day, many will say, Lord, Lord. And this is a sobering moment because all those religious workers in front of him thought, yes, that's us. He says, on that day, I'm going to return and many will say, Lord, Lord. And a moment like this, we've got to pause and ask ourselves, what does it look like for us on that day? Will we be people who live the Father's character and live out of that? Or have you, we chosen the alternative way? You see, Jesus says there's going to come a day, and the one who does the will of the Father, the one who lives the character of the Father, who understands the royalty that they own and live in a royal way towards others, those are the ones that I'm going to say, come in, come and be with me. And it's interesting here that Jesus then speaks about religious acts. I think many of us wouldn't think of chasing out demons as a religious act, right? <laughs> Prophesying, we don't put in the same category as religion, right? You see, we can religiously prophesy. We can bring prophetic word to everyone out there because we called and this is what we meant to do. But do we know the Father? Do we get to a place where we intimately know Him? Because on that day, and I can imagine Jesus' demeanor changing for a moment. And maybe his composure, and he says, there's going to be a day when many will say, Lord, Lord. And my heart's going to break. Because I don't want to say, depart from me. But because you practice lawlessness, you're not welcome. I don't imagine Jesus preaching this boldly and just saying it. I can imagine him taking a moment and saying, listen, here's the key. It's here this morning. Here's the key. It's here on the mount when he spoke to him. 
there's going to come a day. And there's two options. Make sure that you are part of the option and that you follow the way of character so that the Father can come and say, yes, I knew you. And I, Jesus, knew you. The word knew there, and this is important to understand, is the same word that Mary uses when she speaks about Christ before he was born, when the angel appeared to her and, and, and he said, you are with child. And she said, but I never knew a man. Intimate, deep, connected relation with Christ is what he's calling us to. And found in that is a character that the world cannot take away. I said this, kingdom character is found and formed in knowing the Father. It's a nothing else. And you see what happens, and Ricky shared this last week, is when we love the Father and spend time with Him and become more like Him, then we want to do the things that are right. Then this words that we use so often and throw around like law and doing things that is boring and you go, no, like those Christians, eh? they're like boring. It's just a whole bunch of rules. You know, these things that the world throw around. It's not that I love God so much that whatever he says, I want to do. Because in that is purposes and plans and the perfect position that he has for me that I'm going to reach the end and there's going to be fullness of life. So why would I want to miss out? Our lawfulness, because think about this. Jesus says that the opposite of knowing the Father is lawlessness, right? He says, depart from me, your workers of lawlessness. Depart from me, I never knew you, your workers, workers of lawlessness. That word means to have a disregard for God's written and living word. And he's saying this to the religious. You've driven out demons. You've prophesied. But you were workers of lawlessness. Why would he say that? Because they disregarded the word of God. The precepts, the ways, the decrees, the way of life that God has intended, even before we existed. He wrote them down and they exist. Outside of, outside of us, outside of time, apart from us, these decree live. So we can have a magnanimous life of, of power and do all these things, yet we can disregard the word of God. And Jesus says, this is important. I'm going to pull you right back here. Knowing the Father and knowing me is about knowing my word and living that. That's the ultimate choice we all have to make. Therefore, as Christians, we can't choose some parts of it and only read some parts of it and say that will apply. Some of us are bent to certain expressions of our walk with Christ. He's called us to fullness. We've got to understand and study all of that, and then we will truly have kingdom character. Three things that Jesus speaks, two options in each of these. The first one, he speaks about the two ways. He talks about pursuit. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. This is super encouraging, right? Come to Christ, and wow, you're going to have your best life now. Make every day a Friday. It's just going to be incredible. You want that? Well, you just claim it, and it's going to come right your way. 
Because that's the Jesus that you serve. We, that song, I, I remember years back, it, it, I couldn't listen to it. It just upset me in my spirit so much. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all got Porsches. So can I have a Mercedes, please? What has happened to us that we do this? You see, these Christians, or so-called Christians, that they're on the, they're the road of popularity. He's speaking to mostly religious people here. So you are on the road of popularity. And you know what? It's a highway. It's easy. It's fun. It's simple. You can, you can just live whatever you want, and you, you can just have this great life. But in the end, it's going to be destructive. But then there's another road, and boy, this road is narrow. It's not going to be easy. In fact, Jesus calls it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be filled with hardship and endurance. But you, if you walk on it, you're going to find that gate. And that gate is narrow. And you're going to get through that gate and you're going to taste true life. Zoe life. Abundant life. I want you to be people of character that pursue me. And don't walk in the popularity that the world has to offer. Again, he brings us right back to the Beatitudes. What is our heart like before him? What is it to be blessed? It is to walk on this hard, narrow road. Who can agree with me this morning that pursuing Christ is often very hard? It is not the easiest. But Christ, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. So therefore, let us lay aside every burden and weight that so easily ensnares us and let us run our race with endurance. And there's a great cloud of witnesses in heaven cheering us on, saying, come on, you can do it. We've been through it. It's been hard, but here we are. We are witnessing that it's possible and we are in the presence, the full presence of the Father today. So come on, every nation, Sam's the West. You guys can be on this narrow road and reach the end because here we find and we found eternal and abundant life. Abundant life comes from absolute pursuit. It's not something that's just, here you go. Yes, it is a gift. It's a gift of grace. But the essence of it is found in absolute pursuit of him. The moment we come to Christ and the cross, he says, here's life and all of it. But yet we still have a choice. Are we living in that life? Are we walking on the road that leads to that? Or do we fall and not necessarily fall, get psyched up in the, the, the popular road. There's a popular way and there's a not so popular way. Why do you think not the whole world follows Jesus? Because it's not popular. It's not easy and Jesus says it. Wow, but when we do it, there's a grace because we know the Father. We are royalty. We understand who we are in Him. So whatever hardships come, our character stands and we get through it to the other side. We are like deer and God takes our feet and he makes us sure-footed on the high and difficult places. That's the father we serve. So the narrow road is one that has a joy set before it and a life that the world cannot take away. Let's make that decision to walk on the narrow road. The second thing that Jesus talks about is two kind of trees or fruits and he speaks about our produce. First, our pursuit, what do we run after? Do we have an absolute pursuit of him alone? And then he says, what do you produce? What's the fruit in your lives? 
A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. You choose what you produce. Saying that again, you choose what you produce. The Bible speaks about quenching the Holy Spirit, and it's a much debated verse in the Bible. Some people believe it's when we have worship and someone has a word and that word is not for now, oh, he's quenched the Holy Spirit. It's not what it means. If you go and study that scripture in context, it means now that you follow Jesus and his Holy Spirit is living within you, make sure that the work he does within you and the fruit he produces within you is happening. Then you'll be a healthy tree bearing healthy fruit. See, we can be filled with the Spirit, as we should be, time and time again, but we have a choice whether we will produce the fruit of the Spirit. I can be in the car and have a great start to the morning and worship till I'm blue in the face on a new Phil Wickham album, and we sang a song of it this morning, God is a God of great things. And then someone can cut in, in front of me, and then I've got a choice to make. I'm going to quench the Spirit, I'm going to let Him produce a fruit in me of patience Love and kindness. Because that's what you need in that moment, right? So we have a choice. Will we be trees that bear good or bad fruit? And how do we do this? It's knowing Him. And Jesus says this so beautifully in John chapter 15 that many of us know. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Yes, the invitation. Pursue me with everything on this narrow road. Turn your eyes towards Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of the world, the highway, will go strangely dim in the light of that glory and grace. And then come and remain here in me. Know me intimately. Walk this journey with me, and from that place of you abiding in me and I in you, wow, everything you do will flow out of that. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. There's nothing that you can do in this Christian pursuit apart from him. So why do we even try? Why do we boot mark a plan? Why do we make it such an effortful thing if Jesus gave us the way out and he just says, hey, Come and be with me. If I pull out a branch from a tree this morning and hold up the branch and say, produce fruit, it's not going to produce fruit. The only way that happens is if the branch is connected to the vine and the life of the vine flows through it. Two ways, two kinds of fruit, your pursuit and your produce. Where do you stand this morning? And then lastly, it speaks about position, two kinds of foundation. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and hears the critical key and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Kingdom character is sustained in the foundation of obedience. We can't just hear these things. We've got to now live it. We've got to now choose to be men and women who build on the foundation of the words of Christ. And it's not that we just simply know these words and we put them down and then we say, okay, now I'm building my life on this. 
It's actively practicing these things that Jesus taught. It's practicing our meekness. It's understanding what it is to be poor in spirit. It is practicing our, our walk in not judging others when there's a speck in our own eye. It's praying the Father's prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And we pursue that first and then we pray for our needs. And by the way, give us this day our daily bread. You see, this is what it means to have that foundation. And we can go through this for 16 weeks like we've been and we can still be on sand. And the choice we've got to make as a house and as a people this morning, will we do these words and practice it? Because then our position will be on a firm foundation. Pursuit, wholeheartedly, single-focused, the narrow way, the glory of Christ ahead of us, produce a fruit by the power of His Spirit and by knowing Him and our position. I want to read for us from Psalm 19. Psalm 19 says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Look at the sky this morning. What we're experiencing this morning in the storm is the handiwork of God. Then I love this. Day to day, pours out words, day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There's a God who's constantly speaking his precepts, his law, his ways, the narrow road that he's called us on. And then David gets all lyrical about the word of God. He says, the law of the Lord is perfect. Let no man challenge it. It revives the soul. Yes, we get revived through our singing. Yes, we always get revived through our intimacy with the Father. Yet, we also get revived through the law of the Word of God and studying it. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise to simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. If you want a heart that's rejoicing, the Word of God, the living Jesus' word of God and the written word of God. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And all these things, more to be desired are they than gold. More to be desired than the things on the broad highway is the precepts of God. Even much fine gold, the best imaginable gold, Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. You know what's quite interesting and amazing is the very last verse of chapter 7 in Matthew. I didn't read it yet. I kept it for this moment. And here's the, the response to the entire Sermon on the Mount. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their religious leaders. This is the key to it all. The final key in this message is, do you want to astonish the world out there with a kingdom character? See, we've got to understand that we have a royal character. But true authority comes from understanding our royalty comes from understanding that God you are king 
yes, you are Father. So I sign up today and all the precepts and the laws and the lifestyle that you've given for me, I'm going to walk in. And then like Jesus, we will be those with true authority. You don't get impacted that much possibly by everything we say, much more so by, by who we are as leaders. As a dad in the house, your kids get much, much more impacted by just who you are as a dad, as a mom, as a husband and a spouse. The character that you carry is what impacts most. And here people saw a man, Jesus, that spoke differently because he had kingdom character. And while he was on earth, he did three things. He walked on a narrow way. He was without sin. He produced healthy fruit. And everything he did was built on the firm foundation of the Father. Royal character upholds real authority. Yes, we were given an authority. Yet, it's sustained by the character that we live in. And I want to end with this. For some of you this morning, you're asking the question, well, that's all great. How do I know the Father? Jesus was asked this question by his own disciples. And he was quite amused by it. Like, surely you should have seen it by now. John 14, he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I would go and prepare a place for you? On that day, those who live in kingdom character are going to come to a place that I've prepared. And there's many rooms. Few will find it in the kingdom of God. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. I won't just take you into heaven. I won't just take you into a place where it's all beautiful and perfect. I'm bringing you to myself, to me. Because I intimately know you. Where I am going, you will also go. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am that way, the narrow way, and the truth, the healthy fruit, and the life, the firm foundation of my words. I am the one. Relationship with me. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you want to know the Father, wholeheartedly pursue Jesus. If you had known me, same word again, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know Him and you have seen Him. And that's the invitation. Know Christ and you will know the Father. It's the climax of His message. And that's why in this house, Jesus is the center and He's the head. No man takes that place. That's why in this house, the songs we sing is about ease, kingship and authority and power and love and grace and embrace of us. Jesus Christ made a way for us back to the Father. And in that, there's a character that we're going to live by. And the On The Rock series wouldn't have just been 16 weeks of the study of the Word, but it would have changed us as a people that the world looks and say, well, there's royalty. There's people 
who walk in the royal understanding of a king, yet a father, who desires for them to be sons and daughters.